0: Welcome to an episode of Beyond Our Borders, conversations with Atlantic Canadians who are impacting the world. Each episode will bring you key insights, tools, tips, and tricks in life and in business from the best and the brightest from this corner of the world. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Beyond Our Borders. I'm your host, Tanya Shadrawi. You may never have heard of Brittany Pickram, but guaranteed you have seen her work. She is the owner of her self-named boutique brand and design company that is based in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Since 2007, Brittany has been providing sophisticated visual brand and graphic design solutions for community leaders and change makers across the globe. In Halifax, she has provided her professional branding expertise to organizations such as the International Jazz Festival and the IWK Children's Hospital. Beyond our Atlantic borders, she has worked with Lionsgate Entertainment based in Vancouver, British Columbia and headquartered in Santa Monica, California. She's also worked on the Wendy Williams show based in Los Angeles. It's Brittany's passion to help her customers create outstanding brand experiences, both online and in person. Welcome Brittany.
1: Oh, Tanya, thank you for the warm introduction. It is my pleasure to be here with you today.
0: This is outstanding. I can't wait to pick your brand, uh, your brain about <laughs> branding. <laughs> um, you know, I saw today on social media that it's your fifth anniversary in business. How befitting that I get to interview you on this day. Congratulations.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. It's so serendipitous and it's a really beautiful way to ring in five years to be celebrating it with with you here today on your podcast.
0: So I start off with the same question, Brittany, for all of my guests, and that is, Mm -hmm. what's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome, either personally or professionally, to be the person you are today?
1: Oh, I love, love this question. Uh, and I reflected a lot about this coming up on my, my fifth year in business. And I gotta say, my biggest barrier to really becoming who, who I am today is really around my beliefs. Mm. My beliefs about myself, my beliefs about how life is, and, and really the limiting beliefs more than anything else. Um, so for a long time, I really, you know, I grew up in, in very much like a, a middle class background. My, my dad worked for somebody else. My mom was strictly, strictly a stay at home mom. And, you know, no shade at all to the mamas out there that are listening because that is a crazy big job in itself. Right. But, you know, my role really, from what I saw, my role model, growing up, they were not entrepreneurial uh, whatsoever. So I really had this firmly held belief that in order to gain a stable income, you had to be working for somebody else and you couldn't be working for yourself. So um, when I was stepping into entrepreneurship, and really, I like to say entrepreneurship totally chose me and not the other way around, I really had to wrestle with that belief a lot. And I would say a limiting belief, um, Mm -hmm. honestly. So um, that that was probably the biggest barrier was my
0: mindset. Thank you for that. I think a lot of us can relate. Um, Listen, I I come from 10 years in the federal public service if someone had told me at that time that I was going to be an entrepreneur I would have laughed at them I would have said you're crazy so it really is about your mindset
1: Um, yeah yeah totally
0: and I really just had to get over myself you know yeah so tell me about your path to becoming a brand expert
1: yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I, you know, you don't really necessarily go to school to become a quote, unquote, brand expert. So you can't necessarily look up a course online in a university and, you know, get a diploma or a certificate or, or a, you know, in, in becoming a brand expert. So I want to actually say I, you know what, I actually uh, promoted myself into a brand expert role, uh, after working about 10 years, or sorry, 12 years in, in my field. Um, so, I started off as a graphic design student at NSCC. So that's where I started. Uh, I had no previous experience in graphic design whatsoever. And in fact, I barely had touched a computer. (laughs) But I had, I know, which is which is crazy. But I had a great capacity for creativity. And I love creativity a lot. And in art, I always made like really high grades. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stick with where my strength is and where I can grow my strength, but also pay the bills. So it was a very pragmatic, uh, sort of beginning. Um, you know, I needed to obviously, you know, Pay my rent and and uh, self-sustain. Uh, so it started that way, and I started working for a lot of uh, local small businesses. So some of which you mentioned. So my first job ever was at uh, Uncommon Grounds, which is a fantastic local coffee shop, and I worked as their in-house designer. Then I moved on to the Atlantic Film Festival, and I designed their main imagery, which had always been a dream of mine. So I worked for there a couple years. So mm-hmm. I had small pro- small business and then non-for-profit experience. And then I decided that I was really going to, you know, up-level my game, push myself a little bit more. And I decided that I was going to try to work for an agency. So at the time, um, Mad Men was a really big show. It was -hmm. was huge. It was everywhere. I'm sure everybody can, most people can remember how popular that show was. And um, there was two really strong female leads on the show, Joan and Peggy. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm going to be like a Joan or a Peggy (laughs) and take on the world in this ad agency. I'm going to work with bigger brands and have a bigger impact and really apply my creativity just more than with more than just one organization to a bunch of different organizations so I I got hired on at an, a local agency here and I just thought I had won the lottery I was ecstatic I was pumped and then after about a year and three months of working there uh, I really realized that I, it wasn't the golden ticket and it wasn't at all the dream that I thought it would be and uh, what ended up happening was I, I ended up working really really long hours and it got to a point where I started getting migraines that would blind me and uh, I just and yeah it was it took a real impact on my on my health and also my personal relationships as well and I just sort of I didn't I didn't love the brands I was working with either like they were these crappy corporate brands that weren't really making a difference and I was like I want to work with people who are doing good things and it was just not an alignment there at all about who I was working with. Mm -hmm. And I think that might have even been part of where, you know, these health issues started stemming from. So I decided that uh, enough was enough, and I was going to go out on my own and start my own business. And I had no idea at all what I was doing.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the club.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) just like absolutely totally in over my head but I just knew I I couldn't work for crappy people that weren't doing like good things and I couldn't continue to sacrifice my health either
0: nothing's worth uh, that
1: there, there is, you know, nothing is, and I, I just think that eventually, like you, you just come to realize, you know what? I, it's a breaking point for me, and it's just not worth it anymore. So I registered my business as, as we had already mentioned, literally five years ago on, on the day today and i I landed a really great contract with the i w k foundation mm-hmm. so the i w k foundation I'm sure anybody who in the Atlantic provinces who is listening absolutely knows who this uh, who this fantastic brand is, so they do the fundraising for uh, women and children's health in right. the maritime region, and uh, I was brought on as their um, in-house graphic designer contractor. And it was really the things that they were doing. I came on at a time when they were fundraising for their capital campaign. So they were doing all this fundraising effort to bring in a world-class NICU here in Halifax. And actually that just started to be up and running this year. So I put together all these presentation decks, all these uh, promotional graphics for them. And it was so incredibly satisfying because I would, you know, we would apply for these grants and these monies, this money from other foundations. And I could see my direct effort and my input was helping them uh, gain money along with the fantastic team that I was working with. Right. So it was so incredibly rewarding to be part of something that I was really had a lot, of, a lot of connection with and was excited about what they were doing. And they were really making change in an incredible way in the community. Uh, So what ended up happening, I I hung out there for for two years. I I loved the team. I loved what they were doing. It was awesome. But the problem was that I was not running my business. I had a registered business, but I wasn't running it. Uh, So enter um, Eleanor Beaton, who you had as a fantastic guest previously, I believe for your first yeah, she's yeah. just, she is incredible. I actually call her Queen Eve. I <laughs> nicknamed her that. <laughs> and Eleanor just said to me, she was like, you know, you, you're not running your business. Like, what are you doing? You have to either... Pick that you're going to do this or not, and and she totally scared the like the light like the life out of me saying that. She does But I that. realized I really need. It. Oh, and she <laughs> and she is so good at doing that and in really shaking things up. So because of um, Eleanor's coaching, I was really able to just you know let go of being so fearful about really hanging on to this one big contract and I went out there and I I decided to finally do my own thing so I have been doing my own thing now for like the last three years or so and it has been absolutely incredible and in doing that I have since grown my business to six figures which is incredible and if somebody had asked me five years ago would I would I see myself doing that? I would absolutely have said nah, not 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 this gal, not possible. Uh, but you know, I've been able to work with a lot more international brands as well, uh, stepping out of my comfort zone and and just going for it.
0: What an incredible message! I actually have goosebumps right now. Oh. So, you know, it's just a great message for everyone listening. You know, you can do it. You really can yeah. do it. It's possible.
1: Yeah. it is, Brittany. It is.
0: Okay. Can you please tell me what is a brand? Because I think this word has spun out of control. It's become so abstract. What is a brand?
1: Oh, I love this question, Tanya, and, and thank you for asking me because like you say, unfortunately, the word brand and the phrase brand has really fallen prey to a a buzzword, essentially, and it's this blanket, blanket term. Mm -hmm. So, and it means many different things to different people who are talking about it in, in different contexts. So, uh, how I talk about brand is really about how you're, how you're showing up. And I'll, I'll get into that a little bit further in our conversation. But I, to, to answer your question about what a brand is, like, I'm also going to talk about what it not is, what it isn't. And it's not your, it's not your logo. So a brand is not your logo. A logo is an integral piece of your brand, but it is certainly not your brand. So most, uh, brand experts, marketing experts, uh, agree that, generally agree that a brand is a feel or a perception. So mm-hmm. it's feelings and perception that you're creating. Um, about your product, about your service. And that's not wrong. Uh, that's exactly what it is that you're doing. But the problem with saying this is that it really diminishes the importance of what a brand actually does and what the function of a brand is in a business. And I believe that this is what actually makes it so people don't want to invest. Business owners don't want to invest in their brand. So what a brand really is is that although it is feelings and perception that you're creating through your content, through your messaging, through your photography, through your video, through your podcasts – It's really your sales force. It is your brand is your biggest sales team member. You are influencing opinion. You are getting out there. You're either, you're either resonating with your ideal customer or you aren't. If you aren't getting out there and saying these things, how are you ever going to make a sale if somebody doesn't know what you stand for? Mm -hmm. So really, arguably, your brand, if you, if you're not committed to growing it and evolving it, it, it really won't work for you whatsoever but it is your sales force and if you respect that as such it'll work for you
0: so a brand is really never done
1: a brand is really never done no yeah. no no uh-huh. no i you know i i really i would actually say that what brands should be treated like are actually like humans that are ever evolving and ever growing. If you ever feel like you're you're done and you're you're kind of complacent with your brand, there's problems. <laughs> you should right. always be growing and evolving it. What are some of the
0: biggest misunderstandings and mistakes that you see business owners make about branding?
1: I think for the biggest misunderstanding is that really business owners not understanding that your brand is your most valuable secret weapon in your business. So really not understanding the value that it absolutely brings. And then where you're not understanding the value, they're not investing in it. So they're not investing to work to improve it or to tweak their message, to update their photography, to look at a more professional logo, to really do the customer research they need to do to make sure they're still relevant in the area that they're showing up with. So when you understand that, you know, your brand is really the most valuable asset that you have in your business, and you're going to keep evolving and investing in it, that's really the most important thing. So um, that is a huge misunderstanding that it's not this really valuable asset. And another, I would say, as far as a big mistake is failing to use your brand and not understanding really its full power. So not showing up not creating content, not getting out there, and and really not having a mindset that supports growth and evolution with your brand. That's a a huge mistake that I see, especially with small business owners.
0: You explained, you know, we have a better idea of what a brand is, but how do you know that you have a good brand?
1: I think... How you know how you have a good brand is really what you're hearing people say back to you. It's really interesting because when I started to get out there more with my brand in the last three years and I I go to different networking events or I'm sitting in front of different clients, they repeat back to me what I've said to them. Mm -hmm. um and through my marketing and through my message so and it's really honestly like it goes back to what I was saying the the perception and hearing about that perception and how that's coming back to you also your bottom line how your numbers are looking obviously if your brand is working you're generating uh some more money as well so but that's through that excellent messaging and imaging and content
0: Why does having a strong brand matter so much in the time we live in right now, especially? So,
1: yeah, so... Uh, really, like, if you think about some really popular things right now, like Marie Kondo, um, right. she is, she she's totally like a fork be reckoned with. She has also an incredible brand presence, uh, but it's almost like she came out of nowhere overnight. So there's different things um, at different times. Like, it seems like people just come out of nowhere, certain, like, you know, trends come out of nowhere. But really, I see where she came from as this reaction to clutter. So, of course, Marie is dealing with physical clutter in your home but there's also a lot of digital clutter. So anybody who opens up their email inbox, I can guarantee you have at least, you know, 25 or, you know, 250 unread spammy messages in your inbox. So there's a lot of clutter, there's a lot of noise out there. So your brand if it's not in like beautifully positioned you're not going to have any chance of breaking through that digital clutter or even you know just general crappy boring messaging that you hear mm-hmm. so really your your image is the most powerful powerful marketing tool that you have right now and it gives you the best chance to break through that clutter mm-hmm. and that noise and it's also your image is incredibly unique to you and I love to talk to women about this in particular because so many people like to hide beneath their brands. And when you do that, you're doing the biggest disservice by not really showing up and showing that human element and your own unique perspective and daring to get out there and really flaunt what you got. And you're, you're the, the wonderful information that you have and the knowledge that you have about what you do. Mm-hmm. So really, your your brand is just – it's so – ridiculously important to to really um, use that asset in your business.
0: I stumbled upon your uh, list of five to-dos to boost your brand during the slow summer months. Um, oh. But one of them you say to document versus create, so what do you mean mm-hmm. by that?
1: So this is something it's not a particularly it's it's just a it's just a very simple thing to do. So oftentimes like even if you know summer is your um slower season but you're busy taking, you know, personal time away um or you know you're working on another really big goal in your business behind the scenes. Documenting is such an incredibly uh, great thing to do because you're still showing up and you're still speaking to your uh, to your customers or to your audience in a really just a very relatable and non kind of contrived way. So oftentimes you see these beautiful like, beautifully crafted messages, perfectly crafted messages over Instagram or LinkedIn mm-hmm. that you may have taken a ton of time to generate or create. But if you document, it just takes the time out of that. It's just, you can just, it's it's something that you're already doing and it lets people in on a behind the scenes look. And when somebody can kind of peek behind the curtain and see what's going on, it's the most intriguing and relatable kind of content, even if it's not perfect or polished. hmm yeah so that's why I absolutely recommend to uh document over create
0: in building a brand. should we be concerned with our competitors
1: absolutely uh, i but not too concerned at the same time <laughs> yeah I think right. that you that you need to know um you need to know who they who they are and who's kind of in your in your in your field and who you're up against. I think that you know you have to know that, but I don't think that you should ever look too too much to what they're doing because you don't want that to really impact your own kind of flavor that you're bringing or your own messaging. But I think it's good to know like really who you're up against and it's safe to say that any business owner is now in competition with the world where all of us are on an international scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why it's it's incredibly important to bring your A game as much as possible. So it's good to know who that is. I, I would say it's almost arguable that, you know, really knowing a lot more about your customer and who your customer is, is a lot more important even than your competition, mm-hmm. because you need to know who your message needs to resonate with, who you're talking to, who you're serving and who can benefit the most from services or the products that you're providing.
0: Right. Yeah. So when I first met you, you um you told me that a brand is more than skin deep. Yes. So can you yeah. el- can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah. So um Brand is many different things, which I, I think going back to where we where we first started our conversation, like speaking about what a brand actually is and, and why it can be so confusing because it's a buzzword, is because there's a lot of complexity to what makes up brand presence. So um oftentimes I think that brand can be confused with just the things that you see on the surface. So just photography, just video, just logo design. Mm -hmm. And it's it's so much more than just the superficial things that you see. It's beyond just visual branding. It's a lot of your – it's also vision. It's also belief. It's also messaging. It's so much more than just the visual things that you see. The visual things are incredibly important. But there's all these other anchoring things that your that your audience may not see underneath that you have to also be really strongly positioned with as well. So brand really is more than just how you're aesthetically showing up; it's also the structure uh, that everything that the beautiful visuals can sit on top of.
0: So when we first met, I asked you about self-branding. I wanted to know your thoughts about that because I had one person comment that about me naming my company after myself, and it kind of stuck with me, and I kind of got to get over it. And you told me to get over it. So (laughs) um, can you tell me what you think of those, that self-brand, because I see that more and more in the digital age, and I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, you know, talk to Oprah,
1: yeah, you know? yes, exactly. Who's the queen? Who's right. the absolute queen of, of brand image and personal branding? So, yeah, so you're calling it um, self-branding. I'm. Some others may call it personal brand. But it's really just that commitment to show up authentically and with with your own image. So I, I think that there may be, there's some, can be some concern about, oh, what's the difference between, like, my my personal self and my name? And is there less of a division? vision or separation or does there need to be more of a separation around that and I really don't think so I think that that is you totally owning it and showing up and walking your talk and being willing to put your 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 very own name on it which there's nothing more personal than that uh, and there's, there's just, there's power in, in just, in wanting to, uh, really show up that holistically and, and that authentically with your, with, uh, with your name. So, uh, I, you know, I think that that's why it's important to, you know, you can use your own name if you, if you want to.
0: Right. And there yeah. is nothing wrong with that.
1: There's absolutely nothing <laughs> wrong with that. And if there is, and I think we talked about this as well, if, There is somebody who has a problem with that. Perhaps they're not your ideal customer, and you wouldn't be working with them anyhow. So their opinion may not matter if they have negative things to say about it. But if that is your ideal customer, you may want to dig into that and research a little bit more. Maybe your name isn't the right fit for you to go with, given the market or the industry that you're showing up into play.
0: Well, you know, when I really kind of sat back and thought about it, I think what bothered me is that person may have thought that I was being arrogant. And that's what was bothering me. And, you know, it's it didn't come from a place of arrogance or ego at all. Yeah, um, yeah I think that's what bothered me. But you know, and actually, you know, through my my business course, I everybody in my class told me to name it after my full name, Tanya Shadrawi, and I just thought that was too long and complicated for people. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I was encouraged to um self brand.
1: Um, yeah, but, and your your gut instinct was totally bang on about that.
0: Well, thank you for that reinforcement.
1: Yeah. You know, no, you said cool. something
0: really interesting. You said good branding repels people. So you said that person is not your person, so it's okay.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. So if you are are attracting an unqualified lead or an unqualified candidate to be working with you chances are you may have more headaches down the road working with somebody who's really not the right fit so through your messaging through your imagery through your brand positioning you should a really great brand starts to weed out all those people who really just aren't the right fit for you maybe they may not want to pay you what you're worth maybe they don't like your style right your brand your brand is incredibly interesting in that it can weed all these unqualified people out mm-hmm. so that's a, another really interesting thing about brand is that you're not always attracting you're also repelling
0: Mm-mm. I've never thought of it that way
1: yeah yeah I would like to dive in
0: a little bit more into what you do and how like how do you support brands to differentiate themselves like what are your current services
1: Yeah, so um, all of my – right, I had started off as a – in my career, like I mentioned, I started off as a graphic designer. So I really started to show up at first with visual branding. So visual branding is things like your logo, your business card, your billboard, your sales sheets. Uh, PowerPoint presentations. Um, but what I was finding when I was working with people is that the visual portion is really only a piece of the equation. It's sort of like the tip of the iceberg that you see uh, poking out of the water for, for I guess, a visual reference. Underneath and all the anchoring is doing the background research and the market research about where you should be positioned. So it's almost like what I do is I have a series of questions that I walk my clients through to to make sure that we're, we're positioning even before we get into the visual nuts and bolts of things that we really start to position them at a place in the market where they're really going to excel and we do that through a series of questions and research that we dig into so we we check out their competitors weaknesses, their strengths, uh but we also look at their at ideal customers as well and really where they're showing up when they need to buy. Uh and and anchoring that in first before mm-hmm. even getting to the visual portion because it that's very much secondary to the first portion that you really need to nail to make your your brand effective.
0: What are some exciting plans that you have coming up in your business next?
1: Yeah, so um, I I am joining you while I am on vacation. I'm mm-hmm. in beautiful, sunny Cape Breton right now, and part of my vacation today is that I am on, on the fifth anniversary of being in business, I am starting to write my book. So I'm writing a book about uh self-reinvention through brand, which mm-hmm. is near and dear to my heart because... I did not at all picture where I'd be at in life even just five years ago to where I'm at now. I believe that the power of brand really has pushed me here and has pushed me to the level of success that I've had and I want to talk to others and inspire others like myself who are introverted, creative types that they have it within themselves or anybody who may suffer from... Oh my gosh, what's the call when you're you're really doubting yourself? You um you just don't believe that you have necessarily what it takes.
0: Like the imposter
1: syndrome? type and, of deal? Yes, and impo- yes, exactly, imposter oh. syndrome. And I really feel like I'll be writing a book for somebody who like I'd be talking to somebody who I was about 5 years ago. And I think it's in- incredibly important for women in particular to hear that message um about how understanding their power and their worth and how brand really can position them and boost them to a place where it's really making their business work for them. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm working on. Uh, I am literally going to be starting to work on that today. I'm going to be talking more and more. I'll be booking more talks in the fall. I just started with keynote presentations, so I'm working on a keynote right now. And something that I am incredibly excited about is that I'm going to be working with more wardrobe consultation. So uh, the reason that I'm starting to move into wardrobe consulting is that I've realized through working with a lot of my clients, particularly uh, personal brands that are female-owned, Not everybody knows how to show up powerfully through their wardrobe and your wardrobe is an integral piece. Mm -hmm. So it's an actual scientific fact that you have less than a, a blink of an eye to form a first opinion about when you see a brand and you're embodying your brand by how you show up and the wardrobe you show up in so I'm going to be working with my clients to make sure that that same strength of their brand that they're showing up with online, that they're showing up that way in person so I'm incredibly excited about uh, moving into that in the fall as well
0: First of all, congratulations on your book. I think that's incredible because you have so much wisdom them to share, so I'm I'm very excited about that. When can we expect the book to be released?
1: You know, I have no date in mind right now, and I'm really going to keep this a passion project. But I'm I'm also um I'm also going to be steadily working on it. So I'm going to say in the next in the next two years, uh, probably uh, before 2021. I think in 2020 I'll be making an official announcement about when I'll be releasing it. So uh, yeah, the next couple of years will be. I'll have that book ready to go.
0: Very exciting. And thank you for mentioning that little bit about uh, wardrobe, because I think that's something that often gets overlooked or people don't think that it's, you know, important. Because one of the things that you said to me right away when I met you is that, you know, you said, thank you. You get it. You know how to present yourself. And, but, you know, like I'm one of the girliest girls you will ever meet. So it's not a problem (laughs) for me. But, you know, thank yep. you for, for uh, bringing that up because I do think it is a piece of the puzzle, piece of the branding yeah. puzzle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And something that everybody makes a snap judgment on as mm-hmm. well. So it's, uh, it, it's definitely a great opportunity for your brand to make a positive impact.
0: And it's also important to be you. You know, that's just yes, who yes. I am. Um, yes,
1: yes, yeah, Absolutely.
0: Brittany, before we wrap up here, is there any any you know one piece of advice that you'd like our listeners that you'd like to share with our listeners you know perhaps yeah. um you know if they're just starting to build their brand, you know what's that one piece of of advice that you'd like to share?
1: yeah, you know it it may sound it may sound a bit cliche, but if there has been somebody that's been listening to this interview and you've been sitting on an idea for a while and you are filled with doubt about it, I can tell you from personal experience that it's not going to kill you if you go ahead and do it. So why not do it right now? Mm -hmm. If not now, when? It's so easy to say two more years from now. It's so easy to say two more, you know, like two decades from now. Just go and do it. Put one foot ahead of the other and just go and do it.
0: That's a great message.
1: Because yeah, you will thank never you. know
0: otherwise, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, my final question is a question I ask everyone,
1: and yeah. it's
0: what book do you currently recommend? And so, besides your own book, that's going to oh, be coming yes, out.
1: <laughs> yes, of course, that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have to say, uh, a really huge book that's been very influential for me has been uh the big leap uh by gay Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that really uh, speaks to a lot of themes that we have been discussing today right. around mindset and setting yourself up for your next your next big thing. Now, for artist types or anybody who's in a creative field who may be listening or you know works with creative writing or working on marketing, the War of Art is another really fantastic read, and it explores the concepts around resistance and how when you are getting really close to where you need to be, the strength of how how strong resistance can be to pull you back, uh, so those are probably be those would be my two book recommendations for anybody listening.
0: Thank you. Those are fabulous recommendations.
1: Oh, you're welcome,
0: Brittany. I know you're in beautiful Cape Breton, and yet you took some time out today to speak with me, and I'm very, very grateful. this was um, a, a very valuable lesson for me in branding. Uh, You have so much wisdom and insight to share. And I thank you so much. And I wish you continued success. I can't wait to see what you do next.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Tanya. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you tuning in. This podcast is produced by Tanya Shadrawi and Michael Boyd through the facilities of Podcast Atlantic. We'd love for you to be part of our conversations. If you'd like to drop us a line, please go to tanyamedia.com. Or if you know of someone who should be on our show that's from our very cool part of the world here in Atlantic Canada, we'd love to hear your ideas. You can subscribe to Beyond Our Borders on iTunes and most Android podcast platforms. Until the next conversation.